1 Chronicles 29. You'll find that on page 452 in the Pew Bibles. 1 Chronicles 29. I'll read the first 22 verses of that passage. And before we come to the reading and preaching of God's Word, let us pray and ask for His blessing. Our gracious God, we confess that uh, unless we have Your blessing upon us, the gift of Your Word will not be of any value to us. And so we pray that You would open our hearts to Your Word, that You would convict us, that You would refresh us, that you would open our eyes that we might see the glory and grandeur of who you are so that we might worship you and gladly offer ourselves in thanksgiving to you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 1 Chronicles 29, beginning at verse 1. (coughs) And David the king said to all the assembly, Solomon, my son, whom alone God has chosen, is young and inexperienced, and the work is great. For the palace will not be for man, but for the Lord God. So I have provided for the house of my God, so far as I was able, the gold for the things of gold, the silver for the things of silver, and the bronze for the things of bronze, the iron for the things of iron, and wood for the things of wood, besides great quantities of onyx and stones for setting, antinomy, colored stones, all sorts of precious stones and marble. Moreover, In addition to all that I have provided for the holy house, I have a treasure of my own of gold and silver. And because of my devotion to the house of my God, I give it to the house of my God. Three thousand talents of gold, of the gold of Ophir, and seven thousand talents of refined silver for overlaying the walls of the house. And for all the work to be done by craftsmen, gold for the things of gold and silver for the things of silver, Who then will offer willingly, consecrating himself today to the Lord? Then the leaders of fathers' houses made their free will offerings, as did also the leaders of the tribes, the commanders of thousands and of hundreds, and the officers over the king's work. They gave for the service of the house of God 5,000 talents and 10,000 derricks of gold, 10,000 talents of silver, 18,000 talents of bronze and 100,000 talents of iron. And whoever had precious stones gave them to the treasury of the house of the Lord in the care of Jehiel the Gershonite. Then the people rejoiced because they had given willingly, for with a whole heart they had offered freely to the Lord. David the king also rejoiced greatly. Therefore David blessed the Lord in the presence of all the assembly and David said, Blessed are you, O Lord, the God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty, for all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might, and in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. And now we thank you, our God, and praise your glorious name. But who am I, and what is my people, that we should be able thus to offer willingly? 
For all things come from you, and of your own have we given you. For we are strangers before you, and sojourners as all our fathers were. Our days on the earth are like a shadow, and there is no abiding. O Lord our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a house for your holy name comes from your hand and is all your own. I know, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. In the uprightness of my heart I have freely offered all these things, and now I have seen your people who are present here offering freely and joyously to you. O Lord, the God of Abram, Isaac, and Israel, our fathers, keep forever such purposes and thoughts in the hearts of your people and direct their hearts toward you. Grant to Solomon, my son, a whole heart, that he may keep your commandments, your testimonies, and your statutes, performing all, and that he may build the palace for which I have made provision. Then David said to all the assembly, Bless the Lord your God. And all the assembly blessed the Lord, the God of their fathers, and bowed their heads and paid homage to the Lord and to the king. And they offered sacrifices to the Lord, and on the next day offered burnt offerings to the Lord, 1,000 bulls, 1,000 rams, and 1,000 lambs with their drink offerings and sacrifices in abundance for all Israel. And they ate and drank before the Lord on that day with great gladness. Thus far, the reading of God's holy word. I'm sure that you know that the first Thanksgiving service by North Americans, or sorry, by Europeans in North America, was not in 1621 on Plymouth Rock, but it was in 1578 in the Arctic. And that was the year that Saint, uh, Sir Martin Frobisher, an English explorer, arrived for the third time in what we now call Nunavut. They celebrated the Lord's goodness with salted beef, biscuits, probably hard biscuits, and mushy peas. And they formally thanked God through the ship's chaplain, whose name was Robert Wolfall. One of the people who were there said that Robert Wolfall made unto them a godly sermon, exhorting them especially to be thankful to God for their strange and miraculous deliverance in those so dangerous places. Well, thankfully, we've moved on from salted beef, biscuits, and mushy peas to turkey and sweet rolls and roasted vegetables and pumpkin pie. But the call to thanksgiving remains the same. We are confronted with the call to give thanks to the Lord, and it seems like God has been so incredibly generous to us that there's all kinds of reasons to give thanks to Him. Every day, new blessings confront us and call from us to offer ourselves in thanks to God. I say that the call to thanksgiving confronts us, but I don't know if that's the most helpful or felicitous way of thinking about it, because it seems then that thanksgiving is something that we must do, an obligation that is placed upon us. And to be clear, in the Scripture, we 
are given obligations to thank the Lord. We're told to give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. But true thanksgiving is not so much compelled out of us as it is expelled from us as a spontaneous outburst of praise to God for his incredible blessings that he has showered upon us. And that's the very thing that we see here in this passage this morning in 1, Corinthians, or 1 Chronicles 29. This is not a proper Thanksgiving Day service that we read here in 1 Chronicles 29. There are those in the Old Testament Scriptures. I'm thinking specifically of what we read in Nehemiah 12, when Nehemiah, after the completion of the wall in Jerusalem, gathered all the people together and had two choirs set apart to walk on the wall in a counterclockwise manner and to give thanks unto God. But this is not so much a thanksgiving service as it is a giving service. King David is about to go the way of all men, as they say, to sleep with his fathers. And this is close to his last meeting with the people whom he had ruled over for 40 years. And he wants to leave with them his passion You'll remember that David's great concern was to build a temple for the Lord his God. But God had prevented him from doing so, prohibited him, in fact, because David was a man of war, and he gave Solomon, his son, the task of of building the house of God. And so here is David at the end of his life. He's concerned about the inexperience and youth of Solomon because the work is great, That is, not the work so much of ruling the people of God, though that is great, but David's concern is more focused than that. It's the work of building the temple of God. That's a great work. And so he prays that God would give Solomon wisdom for that. But not only that, David, though he cannot build the house of God in Jerusalem, he's going to do all that he can do to make sure that it will be built. And so at the beginning of the chapter, he shares with the people the things that he has given, the gold for the things of gold, silver for the things of silver, and so on. And then from his own wealth, he speaks about in verse verse 3, of the treasure of my own I have given gold and silver, and lists what it is. And then he asks the question in verse 5, To the people, who then will offer willingly, consecrating himself today to the Lord? I have given to the Lord's house. Who else wants to join me in this great privilege of providing for the house of the Lord? And we read the people responded massively. The leaders of the houses made their free will offerings. The leaders of the tribes, the commanders of the hundreds, and the officers of the king's work, they gave as well for the service of the house of God. Whoever had precious stones gave them to the treasury of the house of the Lord in the care of Jehiel the Gershonite. So there was this great outpouring, this immense generosity as people gave of their wealth for the building of the temple of God. And so it was a day of great rejoicing. Everyone was happy. And David, the king, also rejoiced 
greatly. And so as I say, it is appearing to be not a thanksgiving service, but a giving service. But what I want to show this morning is that every proper service of giving to God always results in a service of thanksgiving to God. So whenever you give God things, if you give God things properly, that will always result in thanking God for that grace. And I want to show that here. So after David sees all these wonderful blessings that the Lord has given to his people and their immense generosity, what they gave and how they gave it, we read there in verse 10 that David blesses the Lord in the presence of all the assembly. Now, usually when we think about blessing, we think about what God does to us. And so we read that the the first thing that God did after he made man and woman in his own image was to bless them. And after the flood, at the the second creation, if you want to speak of it that way, in in Genesis 9 verse 1, we read that that God blessed Noah, and God blessed Abram, and, and God always blesses his people. But you'll also notice in the Scripture, perhaps more times than you think, and that is that people are blessing God. So here David in verse 10 blesses the Lord, and then we read again in verse 20 that David says to the assembly, bless the Lord your God, and the assembly responds with blessing the Lord, the God of their fathers. So what does it mean for humans to bless the Lord? Certainly, blessing comes from someone greater to someone lesser, doesn't it? Well, not biblically speaking. And so, to bless the Lord is to acknowledge what He is. It's not to improve God like it is when God blesses us, but it is to acknowledge that God is beyond improvement that He is altogether perfect and glorious and majestic. That's who He is in and of Himself. It's to acknowledge that with gratitude and with humility. And so David blesses the Lord. And his blessing in verses 10 through 13 is punctuated by four vocatives. That is, blessed are you, O Lord, the God of Israel, yours O Lord, is the greatness and the power. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted forever. And now we thank you, our God, and praise your glorious name. So David is ascribing praise to God and acknowledging that God is who he is, and as being who he is, God is worthy of everlasting praise. Blessed are you, O Lord, the God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. That is, the praises of David will will never fill the quota of praise that belongs to God. All eternity is insufficient to praise the Lord because of his immense greatness and glory. As David goes on to say in verse 11, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. So he just, 
David and his enthusiasm, he just piles the terms on, on top of one another. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness. Yes, and the power, and the glory, and the victory, and the majesty. David just enthralled with the, the glory and magnificence of this God. That's who you are, O God. And then he says that, Dave, uh, that God is the, the, the one who is owner of all things. This is in the middle of verse 11. All that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. He's the divine owner. He's the sovereign king. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. You are the one who distributes sovereignly your gifts. Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might, and in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. So here in this blessing of God, David is just acknowledging with gratitude and humility, as we'll see in a minute, just who God is. He's not improving God. He's not giving God anything. He's not uh, adding to God's magnificence. He's just acknowledging that God is who He is. And He does it with joy and with enthusiasm. And then he says in verse 13, and now we thank you, our God, and praise your glorious name. So he blesses God, and then he thanks God for blessing them. I found this quote by Derek Kidner so very helpful. He says, to bless God is to acknowledge gratefully what he is. I've said that already. To bless man, God must make of him what he is not and give to him what he has not. So for us to bless God is to acknowledge God for who he is. We don't make him anything. We don't give him anything. But for God to bless us is for him to make us what we aren't and to give us what we don't have. And that's precisely what David does here in his thanksgiving prayer. He blesses God because God has blessed them by giving them what they did not have. Notice David's humble phrase here at the beginning of verse 14, this question, but who am I and what is my people that we should be able thus to offer willingly. See what David's saying. He's just so impressed with all that the people have given. And rather than thanking the people for their generosity, he humbly thanks God for giving the people all that they have given to God. Who am I? Who is is my people? He says, for all things come from you, and of your own have we given you. He says, we're nobodies. We are strangers before you and sojourners as all our fathers were. We're insignificant. Our days on the earth are like a shadow, and there's no abiding. And yet, we've been able to amass all this wealth that we have given to you for the glory of your name and the building of your temple. But all that we have given has first come from you. It's not of our own doing. We can take no credit for it. 
All of the heavens and the earth belongs to God, and God is the one who has sovereignly distributed all things so that these Israelites could give all the gold and silver and the precious stones for the building of the house of God. So David says, the giving of the people of God leads to thanksgiving because what they give, gave rather, has come in the first place from God. That's so helpful for us to keep in the forefront of our minds, particularly for a culture like ours who are self-made men and women, immigrants. We've worked hard. We've accumulated wealth. We have now prosperity, and it's so tempting for us to say kudos to us, well done. But, but that's not the right attitude at all. That's arrogance and pride even if we worked hard for what we have. Where did we get the grace to work hard for what we have? Or or why were we born where we were in a land of such opportunity and prosperity? We we could be born in places in this world where, where the people are no less hardworking than we are, but everything is against them. They can scramble for their day-to-day provisions, but they can never get ahead because of the immense poverty in which they live. But that's not the situation here. We can work hard, and we are generally rewarded well for our hard labors. And uh, who gives us the energy to work, and who gives us the health to do so? There are other people who would love to work hard, but their bodies have limitations that ours don't. They're sick often. And who gives us the lucky breaks or the advantageous prices? Who gives us all these things? Why? Who are we that we should be the recipients of all these things? Lord, you are the one who has given us what we have given back to you. And so giving always leads to thanksgiving because we, we take no credit ourselves as if there's something good in us, some accomplishment in us that makes us better than other people in the world who do not have as much as we have. No, all that we have comes from God. And so we give thanks to Him for our giving. Giving leads to thanksgiving. And then... David not only says, but who am I and what is my people that we should be able thus to offer willingly. So it's not just that we are able to offer, but he also thanks God that we're able to offer willingly. So so that was what made David so thankful. It was not just that there was a great giving, but that they were giving with a willing heart. This is verse 9. The people rejoiced because they had given willingly, for with a whole heart they had offered freely to the Lord. David the king also rejoiced. So it wasn't just the amount that was given, but it was the manner in which that amount was given that brought them such joy. And that giving led to thanksgiving. And if you think about it, it's got to be this way. Because we know what we are by nature. We're hoarders. We're self-centered. 
We know that there are people who are immensely wealthy. They have more wealth than all of us put together. But they're stingy, tight-fisted, tighter than bark to a tree. You can't separate them from their money. Or there are people who, who do give, but they give for the wrong reasons. They give for the tax receipt. How advantageous that is when you make a good deal of money. Or, or they give for reputation so that buildings can be named after them. Or they give to, to salve their conscience. They realize that it's quite self-centered not to be giving, so they give enough so that uh, they aren't bothered by uh, their conscience. But that's not how the Israelites gave here. They gave gladly. They gave with their whole heart. They gave willingly to the Lord. And David recognizes that this is a grace. It's a gift of God. And you can see that there when he says in in verse 17, I know, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. In the uprightness of my heart, I have freely offered all these things, and now I have seen your people who are present here offering freely and joyously to you. Now listen to this. O Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our fathers, keep forever such purposes and thoughts in the hearts of your people and direct their hearts towards you. You see what he's saying? The reason they've given given in this way is because you have put those purposes and thoughts in their hearts. And I'm asking you to keep them there so that giving, David is saying, is a gift of God. And so that giving leads to thanksgiving. So that when you give generously to the Lord, when you give freely, and when you give gladly without looking for human approval or accolades, when you give out of your heart for the glory of God and for the fame of His name and for the spread of His gospel among the nations, then you need to reflect on that and think, that's so unnatural for me to do as a sinner. The fact that I do it is because of God's grace in me. And so, my giving leads to my thanksgiving. You see, it's because, here's the logic, it's because of what God does in a Christian. So often we think, and particularly in our religious culture, we think that thanksgiving or any Christian action is a response to God's grace. God has been so good to me, therefore I will serve him. And you hear this all the time. Now, it's true that thanksgiving does motivate us to be generous, not only with our wealth, but with our service. But it's not an entirely biblical thing. The reason we give, or the reason we obey God, or the reason we deny ourselves is because God is working His grace in us. God doesn't just save us and then say, all right, work it out now on your own, how you're going to be thankful to me for what I've done for you. No, God works in us all the graces of obedience and the graces of giving. 
Because his design in us is to make us imitators of God as dearly loved children and of his Son, Jesus Christ. And if you know anything about God, you know that he's a God who is generous to all, that he gives and gives and he gives again. The evidence is all around us in creation. And if you know the Lord Jesus Christ, the evidence is even greater in salvation. God has given his only begotten Son. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. And the Lord Jesus so loved the church that he gave himself. To to love is to be givers. And God is working in us so that his reflection is seen in us. And so he's working the grace of giving in our lives. And when we give generously to the Lord and freely and willingly and gladly, that giving will lead to thanksgiving because we'll say, who am I? This is not natural. This is not my native inclination as a sinner to be like this. But that I am is a gift of your grace. And so I thank you for it. You see how this prayer of David kind of reorients us. Usually we think that giving is a response of thanksgiving. That if we're thankful to God, then we'll give. Where David says, thanksgiving is the response to giving. Because we've given generously and the manner in which we've done it happily. Because we've given this way, therefore we give thanks. So I'm tempted to thank, uh, to, to say that uh, if you want to be thankful to the Lord, then give. Give more. Give more generously. Give more happily. And then trace the work of God in your life that has shown you the sheer wonder of God's grace and goodness to you. And then you'll be thankful to Him all the more. Let us pray. Lord, our God, we do thank you that you have freed us from the tyranny of the devil and that you've brought us into the freedom of the children of God. We thank you for your work of grace in the lives of your people throughout history and to this present day so that uh, they have always been givers and glad givers as you make us more and more into the image of your beloved Son. And so we do thank you and we praise you, we bless you for your grace in our lives that makes us givers. And we pray for more of that grace so that we would be more giving and that in being more giving, we would be more thanksgiving to you. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.